0: What is up, everybody? I'm Lance McCullers, Jr. I'm the host of the Walkout Podcast. And once again, it's just me this week. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about, though. A lot of exciting fights happened uh, this UFC fight night a couple weeks uh, away from UFC 263. We got boxing news. We got uh, Max Holloway announcement and uh, the return of the ultimate fighter and a couple other things I want to go over. We had a big, big show today. I'm going to jump right in. Any number one coming up now. All right, guys, welcome into the first inning. And of course, if you guys saw the fights this last weekend, you know as well as I do that Rob Font absolutely dominated, showed in uh, an amazing array of offensive abilities against Cody Garbrandt, someone that is known for knocking dudes out or getting knocked out, depending on uh, how early uh, you started watching the UFC. Uh, Cody Garbrandt, of course, the 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 former Bantamweight champion, um, you know, 12 and 4, coming off of a couple tough losses, but had a big win. Uh, against uh, Rafael Asuncao uh, a few months back. But Rob Font, man, we knew going into this fight that the distance that Rob Font was going to be able to keep between him and Cody was going to be one of the biggest things. It was going to be able for him to be able to control the fight, and that's exactly what you saw. You saw Cody Garbrandt backing up, I would say, 95% of the fight when it was standing. Uh, Cody Garbrandt tried to mix it up early, tried to go for some takedowns. He tried to implement that new game plan that he talks about where he's trying to be more patient, pick his shots. But but Rob Font was able to control from, from the opening bell. Um, he looked fantastic. That jab was landing at will. And you could see it, man. That third round came around after those uh the, the, those couple of takedowns by by Cody in the first few rounds. Honestly, I liked the game plan. I like the game plan from Cody, but there was no damage done. There was no really Ground time secured. He basically was going for the takedowns, securing them. Of course, you know, gaining points on the scorecards, but trying to do way too much damage. I thought um, from from the top, which ultimately I think cost him the gas. You could see, man, after that, after that, uh, that 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 second, third round, he was just breathing heavy. The damage was adding up big time. I mean, 183 total strikes um, from Rob Font um, to go with uh, two takedowns um, as well to to Cody's three. But I just saw a a much better fighter in Rob Font. I saw someone who was very calm. He was able to, you know, use some leg kicks in there um, very early. um, You know, kind of, uh, you know, stop Cody in his tracks. And then once he took over uh, the flow of that fight, once he had Cody, you know, you know, on his heels, he he showed us why he's um, one of the big boys in this bantamweight division. And uh, you know, for Cody, um, I feel bad for Cody, man. I really do. I feel like he's so talented. But um, I, I think he's getting a little one-dimensional, and I, I didn't see really too much from him. Um, in that uh, Asunsiow fight, that that showed me after that after those you know tough after those first couple tough losses, couple uh, tough tough knockouts, he had a little bit of time off and uh, switch camps a little bit, but it didn't show me too much in that Asunsiow fight. He had the big knockout in the end, but um, those those first two rounds he was losing. So this was something that um, we were expecting, I think, in the MMA community but Rob Font looked looked flawless and actually after the fight when they asked him he said he you know wanted that title shot said that Albijmeine Sterling uh would be the, the the tougher puzzle to crack rather than uh facing uh the former champion Peter Jan, which I thought was interesting he said that he would control it very similar to the Garbrandt fight he would use a jab keep the distance but uh, Peter Jan is a is, a, is a, it's a much more well-rounded striker um I believe than 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 Cody Garbrandt but Rob Font's future is bright 19 and 4 um, you know, solidified himself as as one of the top contenders in that bantamweight division, I would say right behind Corey Sanhagen. Sanhagen has a massive test coming up against former champion T.J. Dillashaw uh, coming off of the suspension. Um, he looks fantastic. His his training has been out of this world. He looks like he's ready to go. But if if Sanhagen can pull off an impressive victory against Dillashaw, he will definitely submit himself as a number one contender, but uh, Rob Font is right behind him. Also on this on this card, we had Carlos Espaza. She had a beautiful win. I believe that's her fifth win in a row. She's putting herself right up there um, for for you know in those conversations for a title fight uh, against Rose Namajunas. Who knows what uh, is going to happen with with Joanna, possibly uh, with the trilogy or a possible rematch with 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 Lee. But Carlos Spaza absolutely dominated. One of the uh, up-and-comers in in her division, so hats off to her. She looked great, uh, ground control, ground and pound, just an absolutely beautiful job. And we had uh, Jack Hermanson, the Joker, Jack Hermanson, back in the winning circle after uh, beating Edmund, the the young prospect there in the 185 division. Um, you know, basically what we expected. Uh, Jack went back to his roots, um, really, really good. Uh, you know, ground and pound, really good on the mat. Uh, lost that first round, most likely, but th- those last two rounds were very impressive. A lot of ground control, um, you know, basically just securing that victory. Uh, coming off the tough loss, of course, to Marvin Vittori on short notice, Jack Hermanson is is still sitting right outside of that top five. I believe he's number six now. They moved, um, they moved Darren Till down to seven. I would love to see the Darren Till-Jack Hermanson uh, matchup. That was supposed to be the matchup um, before Marvin Vittori stepped in on late notice. I would love to see that happen again, and, and then one of those guys can get a big time fight, maybe a Jared Cannonier type fight, or even Apollo Acosta uh, type fight inside that top five. Lots of stuff happened inside that 185 division. Um, of course, you have uh, Israel Adesanya coming up uh, on his rematch with Vittori at UFC 263, but I thought it was a good card. I thought it was a great card. I thought we saw um, a big performance from Rob Font, a huge performance from Carlos Spaza, and it's always good to see uh, the Joker get a get a big W and uh, set himself up for, for a big next fight. But uh, speaking of Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori, we might as well jump in. any number two right now. We're going to skip ahead to June 12th. That is the UFC 263 uh, pay-per-view card. We're going to go over that right now. All right, guys, welcome into a number two. And yes, we are going to jump ahead a couple of weeks and we're going to talk about that UFC 263 card. I know we're, we're jumping over uh, next weekend's fights with Rosenstruck, of course, with this weekend off. But um, I can't help it. I cannot help it. This is the best card um, the UFC ha- has put together in quite some time. I keep we keep saying that uh, this year has gotten off on, to such a huge start, especially with the um, especially with the pay per view cards. They've just been fantastic matchups. Some living up to the hype, some some not. Uh, you you guys saw that last that that last pay per view with uh, Rose and and Shevchenko, and it, it was just beautiful the way that that uh, the matchmakers in the UFC are putting these fights together on these pay-per-views. But this card right here on June 12th, um, it's going to be a special one. And the reason I say that is because anytime Israel Adesanya fights, um, you got to tune in. And Israel Adesanya and and Marvin Batory are going back at it. Uh, These two have fought before. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but back in 2018, it was actually, I believe, maybe Israel's second fight, maybe second or third fight inside the UFC and, and he fought Marvin Vittori, and it was a split decision. A, a lot of people felt Marvin possibly got the, got the better of Israel that fight. But, but since then, um, Israel has been on a tear. Of course, he's fought the likes of Derek Brunson, Silva, Gaslam, uh, Whitaker, Romero, Costa, um, and of course, winning the belt and defending the belt many times, and including that loss to uh, Jan Blakowicz um, about a month ago. But uh, Marvin Vittori has been on his own run. He's beaten dudes like Andrew Sanchez, Carl Roberts, Robertson. He's beat Jack Hermanson, unanimous decision. Of course, everyone saw that. That was his big kind of breakout moment. And then Kevin Holland, uh, he just beat in April. That wasn't the uh, greatest of fights, but he did what he had to do to win. And he showed us why this fight coming up could be interesting. He showed us a very well-rounded grappling game. Uh, Kevin Holland was, in my opinion, that night the better striker. And Israel Adesanya. On this night, UFC 263 will be the better striker. But we saw Adesanya get a little bit—I don't want to say exposed—but we saw Jack uh, Jan Blockwish really be able to go for takedowns at will, control the ground game, do some damage on top, and secure a unanimous decision in the main event um, on March 6 when, when they fought at, at 259. So. Is this going to be the game plan for Marvin Vittori? Is he going to come into this fight and do something similar he did to Kevin Holland? Is he going to go for those takedowns? Is he going to try to secure the rounds? Is he going to try to, um, you know, gas, uh, possibly gas Adesanya out? Time will tell. I believe that Asanya will win this fight. I believe that the, the grappling, um, the jiu jitsu will be a focus of this camp. But I just believe that Israel Asanya is in a different stratosphere as far as strikers go. And the ability to keep guys off of him. I think the Jan which weight difference was one of the big, big differences um, in that fight. And, you know, shout out to Jan, you know, being able to, uh, to hang in there in the striking battle and then go for those takedowns later when they were available to win the fight. But um, this is going to be a big one. It's going to be a big fight for um, for Marvin Vittori um, coming off of a, a, nice, um, a nice five fight win streak. Also on that car, we have uh, we have Figueredo versus Moreno for the 125 belt. Uh, these two ran it uh, back in December, I believe. It was an amazing fight. Um, I think Figueroa gets is done though. Uh, Moreno, in, in my opinion, man, he's a heck of a fighter. Um, he's 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 the next champion in that division if Figueredo ever vacates or, or moves up. But I just believe that Figgy on that night um, was. Was at one of his worst, and I believe that Moreno was at you know one of his best. Um, you know, figure, uh, didn't seem to have the same power, didn't seem to have the same timing. Moreno was taking those shots. Um, you know, Figueredo started to gas, and then on the ground, it was uh, it was very evenly matched there on the ground. Uh, you know, leading to uh, leading to that decision. So I'm looking forward to that fight a ton. Of course, Leon Edwards versus Diaz. I mean, this is a this is a this is a fans' fight right here. You know uh, Leon Edwards. You know he he came out versus Muhammad recently, and you know he he showed us why he is one of the one of the big dogs in that division. He showed us why he's ranked so high and why he's highly touted. The striking was beautiful. You know, unfortunately, the eye poke um, you know kind of cost us. Uh, I believe a really good fight, but he's going in there against the uh, the fan favorite. Um, you know Nate Diaz, um, and this is a huge fight for both of them. I believe if Leon Edwards can win this fight, he will work his way up. You know into that conversation. Uh, you know, for a title fight, he's sitting right there at number three, in, in that 170 division, of course, ruled by Usman. Um, and that's kind of in the knock on Leon. Oh, he hasn't fought; he hasn't really fought anyone. He's he's not super well known. This is how you do it. You know, Leon Edwards did a did a great job in this matchup, and for Nate Diaz, why not? You have nothing to lose, man. Uh, the fans are gonna love this guy forever. Um, him and his brother are MMA royalty. Um, uh, you know, I, I think that if if Nate wins this fight, he will be in the conversation for 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 a title shot, just like that, so huge fight there uh, with big implications. But Leon will probably get it done. Leon will probably get it done. And of course, we got Damian Maya versus Beloved Muhammad. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a great fight, I think, for beloved Muhammad and, and Damian Maya. I feel like the UFC recognized uh, you know Muhammad's abilities, the stepping up against against Edwards, and and you know although he was probably on the losing end of that fight until it got stopped there in the second. Um, you know, really, really put up a good performance and and, and something that uh, the fans were, were great and very happy to see. So they give him a legend in Damian Maya. Um, that'll, that'll be a great fight. And then, of course, we have Houston's own Lauren Murphy versus Cowderwood. Lauren Murphy was saying that, you know, that 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 she wanted she wanted the champion Shevchenko and, you know, kind of all this stuff. But Joanna Cowderwood is uh, is no slouch. She's a heck of a fighter. Um, You know, so Lauren has her has her work cut out for her. But this is what Lauren's got to keep doing. She's got to keep doing it Um, you know, uh, you know, Joanna, uh, Jojo Cowderwood is, you know, she's 15 and five, you know, in that woman's flyweight division. She's a heck of an opponent sitting right there outside the top five. So Lauren Murphy, I know you want that title shot. I believe your time is coming, especially with the way, um, you know, that Shevchenko went through Andrage and how she's already gone through Kagan and all that type of stuff. So, you know, Lauren Murphy, you, you go in there, you put in a great performance against Cowderwood against a really good opponent. I believe that a uh, a title shot will be coming for you here pretty soon. So um, that'll be a great fight, uh, great fight to watch in the prelims. So this card right here is a special one. Uh, it's something where you're talking about, you know, the figurative versus Moreno fight, talking about a possible fight of the year, and you're you're talking about um, a Leon uh, versus a Diaz fight that I think is just going to be the the spectacle of the evening. And of course, Adesanya, uh, the last style bender, um, always exciting. And uh, looking to see something special, so UFC 263, June 12th. Make sure you guys are uh, being pr- you know prepared for that. Prepare for that night. It's going to be a great one. Uh, we're going to switch gears here. In number three, talk a little bit about boxing coming up right now. All right, guys. In number three, and we're going to be talking some boxing. This is a uh, combat sports uh, podcast, and you cannot not talk about uh, you know, Tyson Fury versus Dante Wilder three coming up. That is going to be July 24th. It is going to be an, an, absolute amazing, uh, bout. And honestly, in my opinion, Dante Wilder is going to look, um, extremely smart. He's going to look like someone that, uh, knew what he was doing by, by, by making this fight happen, or he's gonna, he's going to slide back and, uh, it's, it's going to be a tough one for him, uh, because Tyson Fury, you know, really put it on him in that, in that second fight. But uh, you know, he's training, he's training a little different. I've seen him working on the pads. I've seen him working on, you know, he's he's fainting a little bit. He's he, he looks like he's setting things up, you know, trying to become more than than just a big right hand. Um, but you know, I don't think that he has enough uh to take on Tyson Fury. And also on that same note, um, you know, Anthony Joshua, you know, he's gonna have to fight somebody. Um, you know, here's someone soon, probably the summer. So we're still hoping for a Tyson Fury victory and also Anthony Joshua victory. Cause I really wanted to see, um, those two, th- those two go at it. Also, um, we got Manny Pacquiao versus Earl Spence. Um, it's going to be a big summer for the boxing world and, uh, you know, look, looking forward to those fights. Um, talking about boxing, you know, uh, Jake Paul, Jake Paul is, uh, is cementing himself in, in, in the boxing world. You know, he, he does fight, uh, you know, washed up you know, retired athletes or, um, you know, washed up uh, ex fighters, but, you know, he's doing it the right way. He's being smart. He knows how to uh, sell pay-per-views, man. He knows how to bring the attention. I'm sure everybody saw, um, you know, the big issue of Floyd Mayweather at, at his brother's press conference and all this stuff. But, um, you know, say what you want. You know, the, 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 these young YouTubers or TikTokers, however you want to say it, they're, they're bringing a lot of eyes, a lot of young eyes uh, to the sport of, of boxing and, and, and these kids, man, they're, they're spending money on the pay-per-views and, um, it's kind of reviving boxing a little bit. I feel like a lot of people are, are talking about the Tyson Fury, Deontay Watt or Anthony, you know, Anthony, Anthony Joshua's, um, you know, the Canellos, the Ryan Garcia's, the Earl Spence's are starting to, to talk about them because they're getting, you know, more well-versed, You know, with the boxing game because of what the Paul brothers are doing. So he switched over to Showtime, which I love the move because um, I think Showtime will make him go up against guys who are relatively competitive boxers. I think that we're gonna we're gonna see real quick whether Jake Paul um, has real boxing skill or not. Also talking about boxing, Oscar De La Hoya, the original Golden Boy wants to fight against GSP, George St. Pierre, the UFC legend, some people's UFC goat. They wanted to do a big boxing match. But of course, the UFC Dana White will not approve that. I don't know if you guys know much about Dana White and uh, Oscar De La Hoya, but they had gone at it back and forth for years about, you know, fighter pay and protecting fighters and giving, you know, giving guys that Dana White feels, you know, are washed, you know, not washed up, but should be retired. And they're medically, um, it's medically dangerous in their fight. You know, their promotions have given them fights, you know, for paychecks and all this type of thing. So they've been back and forth. You know, Dana does not hold back when he talks about Oscar De La Hoya. Um, when Oscar uh, said he wanted to start boxing again, Dana actually said, yeah, because, you know, cocaine isn't cheap. Uh, so uh, he will not approve that fight. They're even saying they'll give a million dollar donation. Um, but I do not see GSP uh, versus Oscar De La Hoya happening. Um, but I could see GSP fighting somebody else. That would be interesting. I don't think GSP wants to get back inside the octagon, but obviously he knows and sees that there's a lucrative side to to boxing and um, you know possibly getting in the, in the ring and, and just seeing him back in, in, in that setting would, would be awesome. Also, talking about boxing, Floyd Mayweather apparently offered 100 big M's to Habib for a fight. And Habib, in true eagle fashion, uh, according to his manager, uh, Ali, turned it down. And uh, if this is true, I would be a little surprised. I feel like um, it would be different enough from the octagon type setting to uh, you know, kind of you know, kind of get Habib out of bed and and go fight again. But 100 M's is a lot of money, and it, it would really reward him, uh, you know, for what he's done for the sport of mixed martial arts, what he's done for uh, combat sports out there, you know, in Dagestan and in that part of the world. So I would be interested to know if that's 100 percent true or not. Um, I really wish. I mean, Floyd Mayweather would would tear him apart, in, in my opinion, um, but that doesn't really matter. Uh, it would have been, it would have been a great spectacle to see, um, regardless. All right, guys, is it for our boxing segment here on the walkout. Number four, we're going to talk about a couple other things floating around the MMA world right now. All right, guys, welcome into a number four and we have some fight news. Max Holloway, the blessed Holloway will fight Yair Rodriguez on July 17th. That is fantastic news if you're a Max Holloway fan, and fantastic news if you're Yair Rodriguez fan because my man Rodriguez, you know, he hasn't been in the you know in the octagon too much. His last fight was October 18th of 2019, um, and he fought Jeremy Stevenson after the no contest there in September, and then before that, it was 2018 um, that we saw him against Korean Zombie, of course with the uh, with the highlight you know elbow finish there at at, at the buzzer, Um, so. This is a big fight for Yair Rodriguez because the fans, the UFC, and that and that division uh, have been waiting for him, you know, to fight again. He's sitting there at, at 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 number three ranking. Max Holloway's sitting there at number one. The only one above Max, of course, is um, Volkanovski. Brian Ortega versus Volkanovski are going at it here soon. So Max Holloway, in order to you know, kind of get that 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 fight again against a, uh, a Volkanovski. Um, If he does defeat Brian Ortega, I believe is to beat Yair Rodriguez because they're not going to give it uh, to uh, Korean Zombie. They're not going to give it to Calvin Cater right now. Josh Emmett is on the shelf. So it's Max Holloway's for the taking. And if not, Yair Rodriguez steps in, has a huge victory over Max Holloway, and uh, he'll be he'll he'll be ready for the title fight. I don't think with the way Max Holloway has been striking um, that Yair, Yair Rodriguez will be able to. Uh, d- defeat Max with the way he was moving, the way um, his striking and his flow looked against Calvin Cater. But nonetheless, an amazing fight um, for that 145 division and uh, another another big, big fight on the on the resume for Max Holloway and other news in the MMA community is that John Jones has hired Richard Schaefer. Um, he's the person that built Golden Boy. Uh, he's a he's a huge name in, in in the boxing and mixed martial arts world. Um, and, and now he's representing John Jones. And I think this is uh, I think this is good for John Jones. I think it gives him the ability to have someone on his side that understands the ins and outs of how boxing um, pay structure works. The ins and outs of, um, you know, really, you know, getting those big paydays because John Jones is clearly looking for a massive payday to fight anyone at heavyweight. And it seems like he only wants the champion. Uh, Dana White saying that Lewis and Francis is a done deal. That fight is going through. It's happening. So John Jones will have to wait a little bit longer, gives him some more time um, to negotiate. And actually, Dana White uh, was quoted saying to Brett Okamoto that, I like Richard Schaefer. I've known Richard Schaefer for a long time, and obviously he built the Golden Boy Company. He knows what he's doing. He's a smart guy. I like and respect him. And if we get can get something done, we will. You know, Dana's roots come from boxing promotion. You know, this is, you know, what Dana you know, did. And this is how he got into the UFC and how he's built the UFC kind of you know off that model. And so maybe Richard, um, Richard Schaefer will be able to do, do good by John Jones and be able to negotiate something, um, that gets that fight done. Cause I still believe it would just be a crime. Um, if, if we never see a Francis Ngannou versus John Jones fight only because John Jones just wouldn't do it. If John Jones was sitting at two Oh five and and he would have his hands full uh, there at 205. But if he was still sitting there winning at 205 and said, "Listen, I'm I'm going to fight here. This is where you know I'm going to submit my legacy and I'm going to be done." Then we would be like, "Hey, we wish it would happen, but it, it never kind of came to fruition." But listen, John Jones has bulked up. John Jones is willing to go out there and fight against the baddest man on the planet. Um, whether that's Francis, whether that's Derek Lewis, whether Stipe A regains that crown, whatever it is, John Jones wants to fight the champion. But he wants to be Paid well to do so. Cannot blame him there, and hopefully this gets it done. Also, Michael Chandler says that he is open to the ultimate fan fight of Justin Gaethje. Um, That would be a fan's fight. That would be an absolute brawl. Um, You know, Kind of what we saw from Chandler versus Oliveira, I don't know how that striking battle would go. I think that Chandler would have a much better um, chance and angle at at, at grappling with Gaethje than maybe he was going to do against... A Charles Oliveira, but Eddie Alvarez actually spoke out and told Chandler he should stay away from a Justin Gaethje fight. And, um, I don't know how I feel. I mean, i you know, that division, it, 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 it's a, it's a beautiful division It's a stacked division. You got Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, um, Darius now at three, Michael Chandler at four, Conor McGregor, Tony Ferguson. I would personally like to see a Chandler versus Darius fight. I'm a huge fan of of Michael Chandler, I, I believe that he has what it takes to be champion in this division. Um, you saw that first round uh, versus Charles Oliveira, and, and you felt like Chandler almost let it slip through his fingers, let that belt um, slip through his fingers and, and, and kind of into, um, you know, Charles Oliveira's hands. But uh, Daru, is on a heck of a run. He just, you know, he just defeated Tony Ferguson. You know, he jumps up into that number three spot on, on, a, on a big, big win streak. Michael Chandler versus Dariush, in my opinion, is a, is a dream matchup for Michael Chandler. He can he can go to the ground with this guy. He can go toe-to-toe with him. I think he has the ability to, to, you know, to turn his lights out. Um, that would be my pick if I was uh, Michael Chandler. I would not uh, jump up to Justin Gaethje, or I would even wait for a Dustin Poirier-Conor McGregor um, decision here in July and possibly get Dustin if Conor wins or chase that that big money fight with Connor. That's just my opinion. Um, you know that that division is so is so stacked. You have Islam Makachev at nine. For goodness sakes, I mean, that guy could be in the top five within one one fight, two more fights, be be, be going for a title. So if you're there in that top five, if you are a Michael Chandler, if you are a Dariush, even if you're a Gaethje, someone hasn't fought since October. We really haven't even heard his name in any rumors. You kind of just got to pick the right moment, to pick the right fight, because one loss in this division can put you down there seven, eight, nine, ten. And then you're dealing with the the Dan Hookers, the Rafael dos Anjos is almacchas of the world, who are no easier to beat than guys like Dustin Poirier or Justin Gaethje. So Michael Chandler, if I was advising you, I would say, hey, go for that Darius fight. We feel like that's a good matchup. He's at three, you're at four, you don't risk much. That's a fight to, to jump you up into that, that top one or two. And if you don't want to go for that fight, I would say wait it out. Let's see what Justin Gaethje does. Maybe let's see how that Poirier-Connor fight um, turns out. I have no interest in seeing him versus Ferguson. Ferguson, honestly, to me, uh, he looks like an absolute uh, shell of his former self, even from a year or two ago, um, it just doesn't look fluid or crisp or really anything coming out of, out, of, out of Tony Ferguson. So Michael Chandler, bid your time. You had a great, great win over Dan Hooker. You took a big risk in that title fight. You know, fighting a um, the most accomplished UFC um, you know Jiu-Jitsu practitioner ever, someone who has been around forever and and has you know very crisp striking. Learn from that. Fight Dariush or wait it out, take some time and uh, you know, re- regain that momentum and restart that climb to the top. All right, guys, in number five, coming up, we're going to touch on the ultimate fighter return coming at you June 1st. All right, guys, in number five, in the ultimate fighter Volkanovsky versus Coach Ortega returns this Tuesday, June 1st, and honestly when, when tough was announced that it was coming back, the ultimate fighter, um, it was man way back, maybe in October, November, we thought, Oh man, it could be, it could be Habib versus Connor. You know, it could, it could be, um, th- th- this really, really big opportunity to see some of our, our big time favorite fighters. And ultimately they went with, um, versus Ortega. And at first I was kind of disappointed. I'm like, both of those guys, I, I'm not really interested in seeing, um, you know, more from them or more of them, so to speak. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized this is the perfect opportunity for me and for other fans, uh, you know, around the UFC, around the world to see more of these guys. We don't know a lot about Volkanovski, You know, we, we don't, we don't have that, you know, inside look, you know, at his life. You know, we don't know a, a whole lot. Um, you know, about brian ortega or or kind of the background you know of him you know we know a lot about you know the max holloways you know we know a lot about the conor mcgregors of you know back then when they're at 145 you know i feel like we know calvin cater well we know the korean zombie well these guys have been around for a long time brian ortega and uh, volkanovsky not so much so i was like you know what let's give it a shot i feel like this could be a good opportunity to not only get to know these fighters. That are fighting for UFC contracts. I mean, the ultimate fighter goes all the way back to 05. I mean, Forrest Griffin, the, you know, the UFC Hall of Famer, you know, and, and so many other guys have made their debuts and earned their contracts through through the tough series, which which is which is which is so awesome because Dana White says that the fights are good. Dana White says that he's excited for this season. He's excited for the for the fans to see um you know what what this season has in story. He says that Volkanovski and Ortega even got into it, they even had an altercation, a little spillover. I didn't see that coming from these two. Um so man, this this season is shaping up and look like it, you know, it, it could be big time. He says that, you know, the the um you know, the Ultimate Fighter is not going anywhere. You know, they're they're, you know, it's 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 this kind of like the relaunch season, so to speak. You know, they they've been off for a couple of years, but uh you know, it gives us a chance to peek into the lives of, of some of these top um you know these top ranked guys in the divisions that are the coaches but also gives us a chance to see the next wave the next young talent of um of fighters think of a uh, Sean O'Malley and the way that he created on the Ultimate Fighter and the and the way he talked and the way he fought you know on that show and, and and kind of the the backing of the fans that he's had really ever since so that's what the Ultimate Fighter is so great at you're discovering new talent these guys don't have to go through the ringer, you know, of one championship or Bellator or the PFL, you know, they don't have to go through all that. They can go to the ultimate fighter. These are guys who have been fighting. These are guys that the UFC has scouted and they're giving them a chance to shine. And for me, that's the beauty of, of tough. It, it gives, um, these unknown fighters a chance at UFC contracts and the chance of stardom. Cause if you do pop in O'Malley on a show like this, then boom, you become, you know, you know, the UFC's baby, the media baby, right away. So I'm excited for the UFC, um, the Ultimate Fighter Return. I uh, hope you are too. That'll be Tuesday, June 1st, um, is this week. So so make sure everyone tunes in. All right, guys, in a new segment here on the Walkout Podcast, I'm just going to kind of call it, you know, around the globe, you know, so to speak, just kind of go around, you know, the world, you know, everything's kind of what everything's going on right now as far as, you know, TV shows or, Whatever is kind of hot right now, and honestly, um, there is a show on Netflix, and it is called it is called Race to Survive. It's a Formula One show. Um, I don't know. I didn't know anything about Formula One other than the the Monaco Grand Prix, and I knew that uh, uh Hamilton basically wins everything. the The Mercedes driver, but this show is so well done. It it, it is so well explained. It is so well filmed. It, it follows different. Different uh drivers, you know, kind of per episode, different teams per every other episode. It really gives you a a look into um a sport that maybe on the onset I didn't have that much respect for. But after watching this show, not only am hook hooked to Formula One, I mean I'm following these guys you know all over Instagram, you know, Lando Norris, you know, LeClerc, uh, you know, Ricardo, you know, all these guys. Um, you know, I'm starting to follow on Instagram and and kind of you know, follow their life, it just gives you an an appreciation, uh, you know, for a sport that, you know, maybe in America, at least, um, isn't as well um, broadcasted. You know, we have have the Austin Grand Prix down there in October, which I found out has huge implications on um, who actually becomes the champion, which teams become the champion of the season because it's one of the last races and all the points start adding up. It's just kind of a fascinating show. Um, it, It reminds me a little bit of a uh, the Ultimate Fighter, maybe a little bit more uh, Laguna Beach, uh, the OC style um, type feel, uh, but it is a really really cool show, and I, I give it five stars. Absolutely recommend. Uh, I think if you start watching it, um, you'll get hooked. I'm, I'm through season two, uh, waiting to uh, get back on the road with with Correa and Maldonado to start and uh, and finish season three. Also on Netflix, dropped Army of the Dead. If you guys were watching uh the UFC fights you guys saw they were pushing this this movie big time. It is a uh is a really good movie. It's it's a kind of a different spin on um uh, on zombie movies. You know, you feel like at this point uh you, you you've seen it all. You know, if you've seen one zombie movie, you you, you've kind of seen it all. But honestly, man, it's got a 70% from Rotten Tomatoes, a six out of ten from IMBD. Uh David Patista is uh the main character, one of the main characters I should say, you know, in this um you know, in this in this movie. He does a fantastic job. Zack Snyder directs it. Uh, there's just already talks about spinoffs from characters, and it's just a, uh, a really good movie. I know it's a horror action movie, so to speak, but I would say it's more gory uh, action than, than horror. It's not too scary. Um, it's just a, a different kind of take on uh, a zombie outbreak movie. I think it's just extremely well done. Yeah. You know, I think everyone should uh should give that a go. Maybe some Netflix and chill uh, Army of the Dead. Uh, NBA playoffs are, 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 are full swing. Uh, we got a lot of great matchups. The play-ins are done. Um, you know, and 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 those are those are going. So the the three month uh the three-month uphill climb to to see who's gonna be the NBA champion uh, has finally started. I mean, I feel like there's so many rounds or so many off days. Um, But but nonetheless, you know, NBA basketball, especially playoff NBA basketball um, is is a must watch. A lot of teams like the Suns, the Grizzlies, uh, they have a lot of young stars. And of course, you have the big three up there now in Brooklyn. They're playing fantastic. So um, big NBA playoff guy here Uh, that 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 that's out there. That's happening right now. And then, of course, the NHL playoffs. I'm a big uh, NHL Tampa Bay Lightning fan. I'm from Tampa, Florida the lighting do a fantastic job down there. Um, the O'Malley arena is just, um, it's just a great time. And I've been a big fan of hockey because of the lighting and other, uh, the reigning defending champs, uh, you know, and they're, they're off to a great start. So if you haven't watched hockey before, if you're not into hockey, I say, give it a shot. I say, give it a shot, especially if you can get to a game. Um, that's when you're really gonna, gonna be able to appreciate hockey. Um, you know, in, in, in its full form, but a lot of cool stuff, you know, on TV, a lot of big moments, um, you know, a lot of big uh, playoff runs are, are, are kind of happening right now. So it's a, uh, it's a good spot if you're a, if you're a TV fan, um, you know, right now. All right, guys, that's it for today. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Of course, like I said, that June 12th, UFC 263 is going to be um, absolutely fantastic. Um, this weekend, the UFC is off, but next weekend they're back uh june 5th it is Rosenstrook versus uh abuso sakai uh he's always a, a fun guy to watch in, in sakai he uh is trying to get back you know on, on the winning path and walt harris is also um going in the co-main event so this weekend we're off maybe watch some you know netflix f1 race to survive army of the dead or or catch some of the playoffs going around or hey if you're uh if you're willing and you're wanting, maybe catch an Astros game. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Serious XM Podcasts.